welcome to the ministries of the Bohomi Baptist Church, where we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fair before Him in all the earth. And the pastor is Reverend Nelson. Be blessed by the sermon that you're about to hear. Praise the Lord. Good morning again to everybody. Welcome, friends, to another broadcast of the program Making a Difference. I am so happy that you're with us this morning. I trust that you are well and that all is going well with you this morning. Thank God for sparing our lives to see another brand new day. Thank Him for His mercy. And his love, the Bible says, his mercies are new every morning. So as we rise in the morning, we rise to the newness of God's mercy, the newness of God's favor, the newness of God's grace. Amen. Thank God he allows us to see this another another beautiful day. We're going to look into the word this morning. I invite you to join me in a word of prayer as we begin this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We praise, honor, and adore you. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness toward us. Thank you for extending your favor to us one more time. And Lord, even as we open your word this morning, I pray that you would use your word to speak to our hearts and give us receptive hearts this morning, Lord, to receive from you. Help us not just to be hearers, but to be doers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you back to the book of Colossians, where we were last week. I want to uh, call your attention again to chapter 3 of Colossians. And I want to read verses 8 and 9 this morning. That's where... We'll focus our attention as we look into the word of the Lord. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 8. But now you also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not one to another seeing that you have put off the old man with his deed and have put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him amen so we have been examining from this particular chapter the Apostle start by saying, if you've been risen with Christ, then we are to seek those things which are above. And that's the subject that we have been uh, examining. We have been dealing with how do we seek those things uh, uh, which are above and what, what should our posture be? And last week we looked at some things that he said that we need to put off we need to lay aside and he continues here this morning the bible said that these were things that we live in before we came 
to know the Lord. Now that we have known him, now that we have surrendered our lives to him, we have received the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. He's saying that there should be a marked change in our behavior, in our lifestyle. And that's what we have been looking at. So beginning here in verse 8, the apostle used the metaphor of putting off and putting on to describe what is necessary for growth in the Christian life. The things that we need to put off and the things that we need to put on. So to grow as a Christian, we must strip off the sins that enslave the emotions and tongue. And that's the, that's the focus here this morning. And the picture here is that of changing of garment or changing your clothes. You, you are changing your garment for a particular occasion. You, you don't dress the same way for everything. And here he's saying that when we walk in these things, these were what our lives reflect. That is, in our old life, our old way of life, before we came to know the Lord, these were the things that others saw in us. This is how we live, and it was natural. We didn't see ourselves as doing anything contrary, because that's who we were. We were just living. But now that we are in Christ, now that we have experienced the new birth, now that we are born again through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are to, as it were, change our clothes. And that is the focus. So there are six sins mentioned here that are to be stripped off. And all six that are mentioned have to do with either deep-seated emotions or the tongue in our reaction and feeling against another person. He starts out with the sin of anger. And may I hasten to say that anger in and of itself is not necessarily a sin. For the Bible tells us that we are to be angry and sin not. There is righteous anger of the Bible, or what theologians call righteous indignation, when, when, when a person is angry for the right reason. If we see somebody uh, as a believer being mistreated or, you know, taken advantage of, that's something that we should be angry about, and angry enough to cause us to do something to help that person in that situation. And of course, we have to exercise wisdom and judgment in everything that we do. But I'm making the point that uh, there is righteous anger. Yes. And of, there is, of course, anger that leads to sin. So the Bible says, be angry and sin not. So there is this anger that we need to put off. Anger should not be something that characterizes our lives as Christians. We are not to be easily angered. 
Then the Bible says we are to put off wrath. And wrath here really is excessive anger, that outburst of anger, that indignation, that violent, explosive temper, that quick temper, explosive reaction that arise from and stir the boiling emotions. But it is an anger, of course. Wrath is an anger which fades away just as quickly as it is arose. It is not anger that lasts. But the Bible says that we are to put it away. Yes. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, says the word, let a man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Why? For the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. So we are to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. We are to put off wrath. Then there is the sin of malice. And this is deep-seated feeling against a person. This is hatred that lasts on and on. Intense and long-lasting bitterness against a person. The Bible is saying to us that as Christians, this is not something that should be evident in our lives. This is not something that uh, others should know us by. That we keep malice. Ah, no. We, we, we are to forgive. And, and what, what takes care of malice really is forgiveness. You know, there are, there are people who uh, I hear say that when they say that they will never forgive another person, they will say, until two Sundays meet, I will not forgive that person. Well, that, my friend, is not the Christian spirit. That is not what our Lord teaches us. That's not who we are. That's not what we are about. And so the Bible tells us that the sin of malice is something that belongs to or is associated with our old life. And so that is something that we need to put off. Yes, we need to put off. The Bible says to us, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 20, say, Brethren, be not children in understanding. Howbeit in malice be children, but in understanding be men. What, what is it talking about here? Well, we are accustomed to, you know, little children, um, you know, mad with each other, upset with each other. They fight and thing. But as soon as it is over, they are ready to make amends. They are ready to be friends again. And the Bible is saying that this is the characteristic that we should have when it comes to malice. We should be like children, meaning that we don't hold grudges against others. We don't. We don't hold grudges. Things might upset us, and they will. 
things might disturb us and they will because we are dealing with human beings. So there is going to be offense. But when we are offended, that we don't hold it on and on and on, but that we deal with it, yes, and we let it go. The Bible teaches us that bitterness and wrath and anger and malice and clamor and evil speaking, all of these things should be put away from us as children of God. That we are to lay malice, lay all malice aside because it is not part of our new garment. Then the Bible talks about blasphemy, that is slander. We are to put away slander. We are not to destroy others' character, others' reputation in their absence. Yes, we are not to. And we are to be careful because sometimes we can find ourselves slandering others and don't even realize that that's what we are doing. Whenever we are talking about somebody or bringing up an offense against somebody and it is not for the purpose of lifting up the person behind their back, then it can be considered slander. And you will say, well, what I'm speaking is the truth. And yes, it is the truth. But it's not all truth should be known. You, you know something. It's not everything that you know you talk about. Because you know something, and sometimes there are those among us, believers, I'm talking now, who when we hear somebody talking negatively about another, we have to go and we have to kind of set it straight because they don't know what they're talking about. We have the real information, and we have to go in and we have to get our peace because we know, no, the Bible says that that is slander. And we are to be careful when it comes to slander or blasphemy. Paul says that he turned two Christians over to Satan. He turned two men over to Satan. He delivered them to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. That's 1 Timothy 1 verse 20. Talk about Hymenus and Alexander. So we, brethren, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are not to slander anybody. Then there is the sin of filthy communication, that we are not to allow that to come out of our mouth. We are to put it away. We are to speak wholesome things. And there is the sin of lying. The Bible says we are not to lie to one another because we have put off the old man with his deed. So instead of lying, we are to speak the truth. Yes, and there are strong reasons why we are to strip ourselves of these sins of the emotion and also of the tongue. And the Bible makes it clear that this is the reason that we are to put him off. Why? Because we have put off the old man with his deeds. Now, the old man 
refers to what a person was before he or she accepts Christ. The natural sense, the, the way we go about and we tell a lie and there is no conviction, no nothing. We do and we say things and we don't feel anyway because we have been doing these things all our lives. It's sad, and I, and I must say this, that there are those in the body of Christ who tell lies and they feel no way, no sense of conviction, no sense of uh, uh, guilt of any wrongdoing. And they do these things without any sense of guilt. Listen, friends, that is a very dangerous place for one to find him or herself in. Yet dangerous spot when you find yourself sinning with impunity. That is dangerous for somebody who names the name of Christ. It's very dangerous for the Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he chastens, yes, and, and every son whom he receives, he scourges. Listen, if you are without chastening, the Bible says that you are bastards. If you find yourself going about doing wrong and there is no sense of conviction, the Holy Spirit is not convicting you some way, somehow, friends, then you really need to examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith or not. Yes, you are to examine yourself. If you find yourself going contrary to the word of God and there is no sense of conviction whatsoever, then you need to examine yourself to see whether or not you are really in the faith. So the Bible says we are to put off lying and we are to start speaking the truth, every man to his neighbor. I shared some time ago my 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 father, one of his one of his thoughts, one of his philosophy was that he rather a thief than a liar. Because he said that a thief has to see something to steal, but a liar does not have to see you to tell a lie on you. And you cannot really protect yourself against liars. You cannot. There are some lies that people tell on you. Don't even try to defend yourself because nobody is going to believe you. Just commit to the Lord because it is so well planned. It is so well designed that you just cannot get out of it. You have to just know in your heart of heart that God knows that you are innocent, that God knows that it is not the truth, and just leave it as it is. So we are to put away lying. And the reason is that we have put off the old man with his deed. The old nature, the corruptible nature that is passed on from generation to generation that leads to death. It is what is called the nature of Adam or the Adamic nature because Adam sinned and as the federal head of all humanity, he passed on a sin nature to every human being. The only person born in this world that did not inherit that sin nature is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. 
he did not go through the natural process as a result. For the Bible said he was conceived of the Holy Ghost. So he did not go through the natural process like all other human beings. And so he was born sinless. But in the absence of our Lord, all of us who are born as humans, we all inherit this sinful Adamic nature. And the Bible tells us that this old nature is sinful. And the Bible refers to it, as we are seeing here, as the old man. But let's look at scripture a little closer. For the Bible says to us that the believer's old man has already been put to death. It was crucified with Christ, according to Romans chapter 6 and verse 6. So when the believer receives Christ, God began immediately to count that individual as been dead with Christ and buried with Christ. So that person rises and is to walk in the likeness of Christ. Yes, and this is the what baptism symbolizes, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, that we, are, we have died with him, and we are buried with him in baptism, and so we rose from baptism to walk in newness of life. It is important that we have this in the proper order, because it's not just a person say, well, I want to be baptized, but that work has to, first of all, take place in the individual's heart. Yes, where that person surrenders to the Lord Jesus Christ, receive Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and that they are saved. And so the baptism that we believe in is believer's baptism, where you are baptized because you've believed and you have received so the Bible says to us that the deeds of the old man have been put to death. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 9. It has been broken over our lives. That power that it had has been broken. And so as believers now, we are exhorted to put off the old man. We are to exercise our own will in putting off the old man. Yes, the old man from God's perspective is counted as dead and therefore the believer counts his old man as already been dead. And so we do not give power to, we do not give uh, any sense of leeway to the old man. We should not. That's what the Bible is teaching us, that because we are now born again in the Lord Jesus Christ through faith in him, that the old man has been crucified and we should not give way to the old man. We are not to give way to our old nature, our old way of life. And that is where the struggle of the Christian life comes in. But as we yield ourselves to the Spirit of God, as we surrender ourselves to Him on a daily basis, my friends, He gives us that power. 
Yes, he gives us that ability to rise above the old man, to uh, withhold power from the old man who wants to keep us down, who wants to bring us down, who wants to take us back to that old way of life that we are moving from, that we are striving to escape, that old way that leads to bondage, that leads to destruction, that we are striving to live above. The old man wants to bring us back there. And hence there is the struggle that we deal with on a daily basis. Paul says, when I desire to do good, evil is present. When, when he desired, say, oh, wretched man that I am. Yes, I thank God through Jesus Christ, O oh Lord, because it is he who has given us the victory, hallelujah, to be able to overcome, amen, the old man on a daily basis. So I'm saying to us this morning, my friends, that it is our duty, it is our responsibility, and it is not something that God is going to do for us. We have to do it for ourselves. This is the part that we play in our Christian life. Now, God is able and God is willing to help us. Oh, yes. He helps us every step of the way. But we have to be the ones to take that initiative to put to death. Yes, the deeds of the body that we do not allow the old nature to dominate us and to cause us to go back to where we came from, what the Lord has delivered us from. My friends, you might be listening to us this morning or to me this morning, and you have not yet started on this Christian pathway. May I say to you, the Bible said today is the day of salvation, and now is the accepted time. That if you hear the word of God and God has spoken to your heart, do not put it off because life is uncertain, but death is sure. And there are many people who die with good ideas, great plans, or things they want to do, how they're going to surrender their life to Christ, but they have never made that decision. But you have that wonderful opportunity this morning the Bible says to you, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And if you would bow your heart this morning in a simple prayer and invite Jesus into your heart, genuinely invite him in, he will come in and he will save you. And you would be amazed what this simple decision will do for you and how it will transform your life. Will you give him a chance in your life this morning? Will you? I pray, God, that you allow him to have his way in your life. Thank you for joining us this morning. Father, I pray you would bless somebody. He'll deliver somebody and save somebody today in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Amen. Well, we just want to thank you for listening to today's sermon here at the Bavoni Baptist Church, where sharing Christ is every Christian's business. So as we depart, go and serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.